Hello and welcome to Who Are You? This is a Babylon 5 Watchcast hosted by two former strangers, now friends, who've gotten to know each other while rewatching a classic show from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Jafer. And I'm Laura. I'm kind of doing a Frasier thing today. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's Sunday evening. It's Sunday just evening. To pull back the pod curtain. Yeah. I just drank a uh, chamomile tea. Oh, that's, that's very uh, relaxing. Maybe laced with some CBD. So soothing. Twice as soothing. It's twice as soothing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of the vibe right now. You just need to get some chill vibes to talk about Babylon 5. For sure. Chill, chill vibes to talk about Babylon 5 should be a Spotify recommended playlist for me. <laughs> the fact that it's not means that Spotify is failing me. Yeah, it's just they, they, criminal. I don't know if you, do you use Spotify? I don't, I don't. I probably should, actually, but I don't. They rolled out this new thing called Daylist that oh, changes yeah. three times a day. And mm-hmm. it's all like, hey, we noticed you listen to this type of music on this day of the week at this time. So we're giving you customized playlists that have like the old Netflix style genre names. Oh, yeah. Uh, like mine currently is Alternative High School Sunday Evening. <laughs> Interesting. Um, which is actually not a lot of music that I listened to when I was in high school, which makes me I, think that it's was got my age the next wrong. question, yeah. But some of it is. It's got like, yeah, okay. I see a Float On by Modest Mouse, Short oh, Skirt yeah, Long Jacket around. by Cake. Those are appropriate time frame songs. But it's also got like My Type by Saint Motel, which came out like five years ago. So, I don't know. But yes, uh, chill beats to criticize and make dick and fart jokes to Babylon 5 too. <laughs> Someone, please. Someone put that together. We need to get Jeremy Siegel on the phone. Right. Uh, but yeah, so we're talking Babylon 5 season four, the season recap episode. It's also our 100th episode to take a moment. <laughs> air horn uh holy shit (laughs) (laughs) we've done a hundred episodes of pod we've done a hundred episodes of pod laura just i feel like we're the two hosts on that old saturday night live sketch um that like the talk radio hosts who are always talking about like baking (laughs) that's us we have those vibes sometimes that's us it is (laughs) (laughs) oh wow 100 episodes how does it feel um you hit 100 with your old podcast didn't you i have yes i I, i've hit the 100 before uh with the podcast so maybe it's maybe the uh the wonder is uh lost on it uh the the luster i suppose is uh patinaed over time but hey and you've got another podcast to hit 100 with so i maybe i like (laughs) (laughs) nothing like i really like that podcast and i'm not saying anything negative about it when i feel that way at this moment because right before we were on i was editing and so it's just like Uh, i'm just thinking about editing another 80 episodes of that on top of everything else and it's just like ugh. yeah yeah, you can. You should record a hundred episodes. Maybe not edit a hundred. Yeah, episodes. we need we to gotta get, find you an editor for that. We gotta, podcast. yeah. <laughs> Aaron, what's up? <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll get there by the time this airs. 
we will have announced that we're doing Stargate SG-1 next. Mm, so um, excited. Yeah, with Vic from Dominion Media and Television. It should be a fun listen, and I do hope it runs for 100 episodes, which is bringing us back to where we were. This is what yeah. CBD does to me. I ramble. It's uh, It's crazy to think that a Facebook post from May of 2021... Yeah, that seems right. That seems like led right to here. This. I know. You know, it's been a hundred episodes and we've really got to know each other, you know? We have. And we've made more friends along the way. Yes, and we even have. In our Discord, we have several. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Um, and it's it's been uh I don't know if I said this on pod before, I might have. But you know, I I know I mentioned I asked JMS a question, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh but when I went and got the autographs from him the next day uh-huh. i had like i handed him the vhs all that stuff and i just had like a quick little blurb to just be all like hey thank you for your art because the communities around your art have truly enriched my life mm-hmm. and i appreciate that as much as the source material right and that's 100 percent true and that's this yeah that's us it's that's us. our friendship and the uh, friendships we've made accordingly, you know, with like, uh, you know, obviously you've met Beth, I've met Aaron, uh, everyone in the Discord. Even our friends at the League of Non-Aligned Podcasts. A hundred percent our friends at the League of Non-Aligned Podcasts, Scott and Ryan and Rachel and everyone who's been kind enough to come and guest here, Victor and Ben, obviously. And uh, also just like the people that we meet going and doing that. And getting to talk to those people, all of it's been incredibly enriching to my life. And yeah, same. It it's it's made me a happier person, uh, talking about complex ideas and not taking myself too seriously when I do it. It's made me a better person. It's made me better at communicating. Yeah. Same. Um. So you know, I have this to thank for that. Yeah, and you know, I felt. When I started this, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, Jafar, but uh, sometimes I do like hop myself into things and I am really gung ho at first Mm -hmm. and then it fizzles out for some reason. Uh, Yeah, I understand. (laughs) I think it might be a little neurodivergent thing here. Uh, And I really wondered to myself, like, are you going to see this one through, Laura? Are you going to really make it? And... Here we are. We're 100 episodes in. I think we've yeah. made it. 100%. I mean, I mean, contractually, like, if we just wanted to run through the last season of Babylon 5 and call it a day, we would have a complete Babylon 5 podcast. I don't think anyone would, would begrudge us not talking about Crusade and all the other stuff that we talked about last episode. We're, we're still going to do those things. Yeah. Yeah. But we, have, we 100% have made it. And we're, we're close. I mean, the end of season four, like, we, we've been through... 80% of this show, not counting yep. auxiliary materials, which is crazy to think about, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a ride. And the ride will keep going for another 50 episodes, and then we'll start talking about Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's keep going. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, did you have anything you wanted to throw in there about 100 episodes? No, that's okay. it. I just wanted to say I'm so proud of us for sticking through a thing. Like, yeah, it's Awesome. Especially me, because I know that it's a struggle for me. <laughs> it is a struggle to sit down 
and watch an episode I don't want to watch. And it's a struggle to make notes on episodes sometimes. That's true. Yeah. I tend to get up and walk away a lot, especially when it's not a, the better the episode or the tighter the episode, the more likely I am to stop and walk away and like, oh, I got to do laundry. And uh, that is a struggle, Uh, but it's never a struggle to sit down and talk to you, Laura. Yeah, that part is always easy. This is this is this is what you do it for. This is the payoff, mm-hmm. on our end at least. Yeah. And now we get to recap one of the best seasons. Yes, and we're going to start that recap by talking about the themes of this season. Educate me. Give me some themes. I got three big themes this season. Okay. And the first is a quote from Delenn at the end of the Shadow War that sums up. A lot about not just the show, like the season, but the show. And that is, it is harder to build than destroy. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to run into that into season five. We 100% are. We get a little of it here. But if we look at the formation of the Interstellar Alliance, which is effectively the point of season four. Yeah. Okay. Um. It's the goal. It's what everyone's if everything's running to. Even if you don't know that it exists until the last couple of episodes, uh, in hindsight, very obviously, this has been a a build not just here, but since season one of the show. Mm-hmm. The something bigger, the something better, the uh, something fairer uh, yeah. compared to the Babylon Five Council. At this and, point, as we ended the season, too, this formation of the Interstellar Alliance is still in that kind of like new and shiny and glamorous phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, after we've seen a lot of destruction, yeah, uh, but that that uh, shine is going to wear off pretty quick, I think. It will, and not just because season five is kind of miserable. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they they've hinted it to us at the uh, deconstruction of falling stars. Yeah. Episode. Yeah, they uh, tell us what's coming. Lots of struggle. Yeah, I mean, it also plays out in the just the pacing of everything. You know, like the Mimbari Civil War is two episodes. The Shadow War is effectively eleven episodes, mm-hmm. and the Earth Civil War, I guess, for lack of a better term, they don't ever call it that. Uh, yeah, but that's that's what, what it, it is. is. Yeah. The liberation of Earth, perhaps is also, you know, like 10 episodes. Like, mm-hmm. and then we have three seasons before this of building up the thing that will, is the kind of the culmination of all of it. You know, it is much harder to build than destroy, and it's demonstrated in the time dedicated to the story in building mm-hmm. and destroying as well. That's one of the first lessons you learn with your children too, is when they build up something. Mm-hmm. And then they accidentally knock it down and you have to like console them that <laughs> it's going to, you can build it again. It's going to be harder. <laughs> yeah. Just thinking about that experience several years ago when my son was small and he learned about gravity. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So building versus destroying mm-hmm. theme number two. It can happen here. Oh, um, yeah. now I I chose this, I suppose, as opposed to uh, the rise of fascism. It can happen here is a book that was uh, God written in the late 70s, early 80s 
uh, about the rise of Nazism and fascism in America. Mm -hmm. And it's also the inspiration for V. Shout out to Voice of the Resistance when that hits airwaves whenever. So much of that in this season isn't in this season. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the buildup of the fascism was happening all along, right, with Earth. But this is about what it takes to get rid of it when you're not proactive. Uh And this is the warning. This is the how many people had to die, how many people had to be sacrificed, which ties into theme three at what cost. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. these kind of I'm go hand of in Sheridan hand right here mm-hmm. yeah tell me it, tell me more about at what cost at what cost well it's just you know you've done you've done the thing but how many of your friends did you kill how many telepaths did you weaponize uh mm-hmm. ag- against their will presumably they don't really without have... their knowledge well, without certainly. their knowledge for sure without their consent yes yes you know, what treaties were you willing to violate? What personal boundaries, what personal code of honor were you willing to break in the name of victory? Mm-hmm. Even Mr. Bester seeking out the crimes he knew would happen against his telepaths, mm-hmm. destroying the lives of mundanes along the way in order to get that knowledge. Yeah, there is a lot... Of great cost. Yes. Everything has its price. And Babylon 5 is the show that makes sure you pay it. Mm -hmm. And that you feel that cost. So those were the themes of the season. We got a couple uh, viewer emails as well that we're going to go over real quick before we get to the major races recap. We got one here from our friend Victor. Over at Dominion Media Television. Thanks, Victor. Victor writes in to say, just wanted to say I'm surprised to learn that season four had major budget cuts. It was very surprisified. I never knew that bit of trivia before listening to your podcast. Honestly, it feels like the opposite to me with episodes featuring huge space battles like Into the Fire and Endgame. I feel that that is a testament to JMS and the production crew to be able to do more with less. Victor, and then you can find him over at facebook.com slash Dominion Media Television. Yeah, I mean, that that's very true, especially early in the season to me. I feel like, oh, wow, we get more special effects mm-hmm. and we get more uh, extras in scenes, you know, uh, news, yeah. new sets, that kind of thing. I think you, you really start to feel it. For me, it was towards the end. It wasn't the necessarily like the end games and the big episodes where I felt it. It was in the other places. It was in the spaces in between. Yeah. There were a handful of episodes that if they had an extra 20 extras for a couple of scenes, it really Uh would have helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And as artful as the, as you call it, torture porn (laughs) episode (laughs) was, um, it obviously was a very cheap episode to make, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was like two rooms. It was a room in a hallway. <laughs> right. Right. And black, too. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, one of the places it stood out was like when we had the white star where we just kind of slapped the Babylon 5 JPEG 
on that model. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was rough. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was a little rough. Um, Maybe even the just married or whatever it was on the shuttle at the end. You know, we had to like kind of skimp a little bit on those. But I agree. There are parts where you would not know that the show had budget cuts and it had worries about whether it was going on. Yeah. So other favorite, well, I can't pick favorites among our guest hosts, but another favorite guest host (laughs) that wrote in, Ben sends us his thoughts Mm -hmm. and he says, season four is one of the great what ifs of sci-fi. Season three is so good. We have 30 years of people assuming four, while good, could have been two more amazing seasons if the network didn't get in the way. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, While we have seen plenty of shows that were great, botch the landing. Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. That's me. That's my commentary. But yes, Uh, I know we all think JMS could have done it. Well, I personally prefer seasons one through three. Season four is still such a fascinating wrap up of all the things that had been happening. I love how we break from Vorlons are good, shadows are bad, to you both need to get out of here and leave us the heck alone. It's such a cool sci-fi idea. I wish we had more time to explore the ramifications of what them leaving meant, and I really wish we had more time to explore the space it creates. We jump right into the Earth Civil War and miss the parents of the galaxy just left. How do we deal with that? I know there was too much story to tell, but I but one thing I'd love in a reboot is more exploring of this liminal space. What do the species that were being led by the Vorlons and Shadows do when they aren't anymore? We know how that works for the Drak, but are there any people freed from the Shadows who feel like the Centauri? Are there groups who've been so manipulated by the Vorlons they don't know how to adjust? There's a million story ideas here that I would love to play in that space. Can't wait for season five. Sincerely, Benjamin. (laughs) Thanks, Ben. He's a real reliable. He's the only person who sent in a letter for every single one of these season recaps, (laughs) which is worth pointing out. Thank you, Ben. I know it's a lot of effort to get the sit down and write words, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. I really do wish we'd had more space to play. I feel like I said that a few times during this season. Yeah, we we both have expressed that a number of times. Uh, It is very much a a race at certain points. Mm -hmm. Even though JMS swears that it just would have been the torture porn would have been the season finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, I mean, that works. if you, And then you do the le- next three or four episodes as six or seven episodes yeah. mm-hmm. and the start of season five instead of dragging out maybe the telepath stuff that's at the start of season five takes up a lot less of the season than, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, I definitely feel like there's a lot more room there to do things that... Uh, I do think that's a good uh, fertile ground for the reboot. Should it happen again? Nothing's been announced, even though the WGA strikes over at this point. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. It will. But I do hope that we get that different stuff. That's that's what I'm interested in. Yeah, I I am as well. And I feel like the things that I would have stretched out at the end of the season were a lot more like interpersonal things mm-hmm. of like eh, we haven't really built up enough for this character to be acting this way 
but in that middle of the season, after the Shadow War wrapped up, I think there could have been a few episodes in there about like what happens now with a little bit more in-depth on the League of Non-Aligned Worlds and, you know, the major races that have been so influenced by the Shadows and Vorlons. But, you know, that's a reboot territory. We can just bring it all back. Yep. Everything old is new again. You could do something fun there with, uh, like, he could have an episode from multiple perspectives, and we one of them we could see is Garibaldi, and we could see the minute differences in mm-hmm. how he's perceiving things while under the influence of all of that uh, telepath rewiring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe that would be a very interesting thing to do before the reveal and not, like, play it the card super hard for everyone who hasn't if assuming that's still even a plot line um right right but that that could be interesting to tell yeah. that story from that point of view because that's not something we really get we get a little bit of garibaldi perspective stuff but not a lot yeah it's so so few things that when i watched it as a child I, the whole garibaldi thing very confused me <laughs> yeah so Thanks for the thoughts. All right. Let's recap where the major races are at and what they have been through through this season. Yeah. So um, the Minbari race has gone through a whole civil war. Yeah. And presumably we've learned that maybe Minbari don't kill Minbari might have been not 100% accurate. (laughs) It was definitely lip service for a while while not being true. Yeah. Uh, And then it... Yeah, I think I, I by the end that was the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it definitely there was definitely a period of time there where they were bombing their own cities and yeah, the crystals were on fire. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know how hard it is to light a crystal on fire, depending on the crystal. Well, I was gonna say, <laughs> what is it, my man? I'm assuming that they don't use flammable crystals to make buildings. I would hope not. That seems very basic. This race <laughs> has been around for thousands of years. They're almost almost an advanced, like, first ones level race in some ways. Maybe you just not. don't care at that point, though. You know? Yeah. If Mimbari don't kill Mimbari, why don't you uh, use the uh, the cheapest material? I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Assuming Well, natural cheaper. disasters are still a thing. But... That's true. Yeah. Okay, so Mimbari have a civil ward. Yes. They are theoretically back under control. Uh, we don't know a whole lot about that, but we know they're supporting yeah. the Rangers. and They got the new Grey Council. Just... Yeah, new Grey Council. Which is now led oh, by yes. the worker caste. Right, right. So the worker caste, has, their union has really negotiated them some good deals. Good for them. Hope, yeah. hope we see the same here. Yeah. Then the Narn, Narn have not been well off for a while. They're they're free now. Yeah. And they are doing what they can on the galactic scene, but they are not a major player. Yeah. I mean, when you lose all your war cruisers and your ships and yeah, uh, your planet gets bombed halfway to the Stone Age with rocks, like you uh, don't have the same negotiating power that you did before. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see the Centauri the flip side of that coin we started off the season with uh, megalomaniacal dictator Cartagia mm-hmm. running the scene almost getting the whole planet blown up by the Vorlons 
Londo gets rid of the problem by blowing up the island of Cellini. Mm-hmm. They knock off Cartagia, and then uh, we get Minister Verini put in his place for a while. Yep, but his health is failing, and by the end of the season, we know that Londo will be emperor. Yeah, very, very quick I election. forgot that was all this season. Right? Katasha doesn't show up until the start of season four. Always blows my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same. Doesn't feel right. Yeah, so they're poised to have Londo take over at the beginning of season five. Mm-hmm. All right, who else have we got? Vorlons and Shadows. Gone. gone. All the other Beyond first the ones, gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then humans, uh, they go through some shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not bombed at the Stone Age. We haven't completely destroyed each other, but... No, uh... we get to wait 500 years for that. Right, right. <laughs> uh, I hope. Yeah, <laughs> knock on wood. Yeah. The stage is set. Uh, the Interstellar Alliance has been formed and flown its white stars over Earth as a totally not threatening gesture yeah. at all. Totally <laughs> chill. So chill, guys. Mm-hmm. That whooshing. <laughs> you know, you hear that little like hum? That's how you know the engine, <laughs> how do you know there's a, a white star behind you? <laughs> it's, it's humming at you yeah okay oh uh, yeah that's all the major races what's up babe okay yeah that's all the major races we got a couple episodes to talk about okay let's start with your favorite episode of the season mm, my favorite episode yeah we'll, we'll both go but yeah you can go first this is a great question. I, because I keep all my paper notes, mm-hmm. I went through and looked, and I think I had rated four episodes as five stars this season. Wow. Yeah. And did you pick one of those as your favorite? I always wonder if I'm going to wind up picking as my favorite one that I actually rated highly or not. <laughs> I I felt the the need to go back and check. I had to dig through notebooks for all of the things because I forgot that I had written down all of the stuff we always do for recaps in mm-hmm. a in our drive space. And so I had gone through my notes from the previous recap episodes. And while I was there just following through looking for stuff, I skimmed through all of my season four notes. Normally, that is not the case. <laughs> mm, okay. But yes, I totally picked one of my five stars. You know, I think as a, there's so many dramatic moments in here, and I, I love a dramatic moment. Mm-hmm. This season's full of them. I like Into the Fire. Into the Fire is a good pick. As a favorite episode. You know, I, I like when we get the, like, reveal of Scaly Morden, <laughs> where we have the planet killers and we have the shadow army and everything's coming to a great tension. Yeah. I think, you know, part of me, maybe this is just sort of that wanting things to be that more childish view where we have the, the shadows and the Vorlons who are both clearly bad guys and mm-hmm. the bad guy isn't us. It isn't a human. It isn't, you know, it's a very clear other that's very alien. Yeah. I, have a little nostalgia for that kind of a, a conflict in my shows 
And when we get farther into the season and the enemy is calling from inside the house, you know, <laughs> and we have earth against earth. Oh, it feels so icky uh, as most. <laughs> yeah. Most current conflicts feel icky. And part of me does like yearn for that very easy story, which I think you have at this point in the shadow war. Yeah. Of like the shadows are these spidery looking dudes <laughs> like that. We are evolutionarily. Look at this uh, thing out of your nightmares. It's evil. Right. <laughs> Look yes. at this literal angel. It's good. <laughs> right. Right. Gosh, I wish that life were that easy sometimes. Yeah. But tell me, what do you think is your favorite episode out of season four? It is a hard choice. I am going to go with the face of the enemy. Oh, okay. Uh, which is the episode where it's revealed what's been going on with Garibaldi the entire time. Yes. That's some of that ickier feeling stuff. Yeah. Sure. Um, it is a dirty episode. It uh -huh. is a tough episode, uh, but it's a really good episode. And it mm -hmm. is the kind of storytelling that Babylon 5 excels at. And I really liked it. And that's why it's my favorite episode of the season. Uh, right. If only for uh, watching Bester drool. <laughs> <laughs> the Bester like monologue of where he just takes you through all of everything mm -hmm. is very good. He just announced another convention, by the oh, way. Oh, he did? Yeah. Uh, and it's him. in Detroit, so. Oh, well, you're going, right? I was already going, so uh -huh. yeah, it's very excited. <laughs> Excellent. We need to get you the action figure to be signed. I got, I got it. Oh, you got it. That's right. I got That's it. Right. Mm -hmm. I got that action figure, and I also got a uh, Bester card for the card game. I can't wait to see it in the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next up is our least favorite episode of the season. And this oh, was so fucking easy for me. Okay. Mostly because there's one episode that I hate this whole season. I went over this whole one and I'm all like the worst episode I had rated outside of this one was a three that, uh -huh. that I wrote down. I don't always decide my ratings beforehand. So some I don't have a sure. record of like maybe a third of the season. Uh, but I wonder if we're going to have the same one. I'm a little worried. Intersections in real time. Oh, no. Okay, we don't. <laughs> uh, it's an hour of torture porn. I'm good. Nah, brah. I'm yeah. good. Like, I even, like, and thinking about that episode, I like it more than watching it. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, the, the, the it is a better episode in my head and in my memory than it is in actuality. Okay. Uh, because of it's one, I block out 75% of it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a lot smoother of an experience mentally in my membrane. And also the, uh, the, the fake out that happens at like the very end of the episode in uh -huh. my brain happens like halfway through. Yeah. And I like yeah. that more. So even though I know that's not the case, that's what I think of it. That's what I still think happens. Uh -huh. So I will continue lying to myself, uh, but it's it's the worst episode of this season as far that as... That has a little bit of like, fuck this episode energy. Uh, we like... both rated that episode a fuck this episode, I believe. Yeah, yeah. 
the one I choose is my least favorite. Also has some fuck this episode energy. Yeah. What are we going for? <laughs> and that is the illusion of truth. I hate the propaganda machine. I hate watching our characters being taken out of context. Mm-hmm. I hate watching this guy spin his web. Um, I think it is an ingenious episode in that like we we film basically half of an episode and then we cut those pieces together into the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. That's kind of funny. Uh, I enjoy that trick. But boy, the propaganda machine upsets me. I do not like that episode. That's fair. It's my underdog episode, which is our next category, <laughs> uh, which is the episode we it. thought we weren't going to like and liked a lot more than we thought we did. Doesn't even mean necessarily mean that we truly enjoyed the episode, but just the uh-huh. one that like when you sit down, you're like, oh, it's time for this one. And you're going through your rewatch like completionists, you know, you know exactly what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. You don't love every episode of every show that you love. There's there's some stinkers in there. And when you get to one and you're like, well, I'm doing a full rewatch, so I'm going to watch it, but oh, let's get through this. And then you like it more than you thought you were going to. That's the underdog episode. And for me, that is the illusion of truth because I went into it with that memory of, oh, this propaganda machine. And then there's a lot of clever editing and yes. it's a lot more fun than I remember it being uh, because of that. And like knowing what happens and just being, I mean, it's probably because it's so fresh of a rewatch for me. Um, yeah. It's like going through and seeing them make the mistakes in the first half that you know they're going to get in trouble for in the second half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dramatic irony, I believe, is the term. So, yeah, that's my underdog episode. How about you? My underdog episode would be The Summoning, actually. Okay. Um, Because I didn't really remember much about the Mimbari Civil War and did not really clock it my first time around okay it all you know a lot of it is just delenn talking in dark room (laughs) (laughs) if that makes sense uh yeah you don't get much actual like signs of war i didn't remember mr nairun throwing himself into the starfire wheel to save her and I really liked that ending for Nerun. Um, it's good. I remembered him as so icky, and I didn't like him from the second I saw him. And he gets a nice turn. He does. He gets a nice redemption arc. So he does get a, an that was one thing arc. I had not expected, and I was glad to see it. All right. That's my underdog. And then we have our quote of the season. Yeah. What's your quote of the season? It's got to be, get the hell out of our galaxy. Like, how could it not be? I mean, if you got something else, of course. But, like, that is the thing that you think of when you think of Babylon 5. (laughs) That's the thing you think of when you think of the series. It's true. Yeah. Not just the season. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's been some some good ones in the other seasons. But this is the, like, series quote, get the hell out of our galaxy. Yeah. I have a runner-up option, Jafar. All right. And that is, I am death incarnate. I am Susan Ivanova, the last living thing you'll ever see. God sent me. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. line. Such yeah. a good line. She's great. She is. But get the hell of, out of our galaxy happened this season, so it's got to be it. Yeah, but... it's, I mean, <laughs> everyone's allowed their quote. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
All right. And then we're going to do the thing that we do at episodes now, but for the season. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I hadn't thought if we hadn't even talked about getting rid of this part because we moved it to a cold open. I like keeping it though, uh, because we do. Oh, no, we've got to keep it. We got, we, yeah, yeah, we get some good stuff in here, um, yeah. which is the one. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go over and ask each other uh, some questions about what we feel the one thing from this season that is the premise of the question is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll go ahead and start. Laura, what do you think the one best bit of this season is? We talked a little bit off pod that this is not as bitty a season yes, as we've seen. Like, there's a lot of darkness. There's a lot of heavy. Uh, we throw in some bits here and there. They're kind of little, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if I had to pick a best bit, it would be Wingman Marcus. Yeah. With his bits about the honeymoon suite mm-hmm. and uh, working hard for his buddy Franklin. Yeah, it's really, really chill of him. Really cool. Now let me go on guard <laughs> duty, y'all. <laughs> Super important guard duty. So far away from anywhere where I might not be wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely somewhere where you two are not. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a good dude, Jafar. What do you feel the best recurring character of this season is? I think the best reoccurring like non-main cast character of this season is probably for me it's Naroon. Okay. Uh I think there's some good choices here. There are some good choices. Naroon But Naroon is the one with the redemption arc, as we've said. Yeah, he gets that redemption arc. I know he dies like halfway through the season uh because of the way that it's structured. Even though he's alive probably for 75% of this season in time. Uh yeah. But the way that it's all set up, he dies kind of early. Uh, just his character and his arc this season, his redemption this season, uh, but also just like no one out dramas an LA drama kid. <laughs> yeah. Just getting in there. Like, yeah, it's, it's great. And it's LA. Yeah. Right? I God, love I John Vickery up, too. Yeah. John Vickery is excellent. I'm glad he gets a chance to shine here. And, mm. uh, He's he's I like him in everything I've seen him in. So I'm here for it. Yeah. Big fan. All right. Laura, who's the one character who had the most growth this season? I'm going to pick a maybe unorthodox choice. Okay. You know, we could we could easily pick a Sheridan or a Delenn here because of all they go through with their civil wars at home. Mm hmm. I'm going to choose Lita. Okay. And that's because Lita goes from being like on the Vorlon's leash at the beginning of this. Mm-hmm. You know, at the beginning of the season, she's stuck with Kosh.0 mm-hmm. and she's basically his taxi cab through the world. Um, Doesn't have any possessions. Famously, we've noted earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she goes... And becomes free. And we actually see her and Zach talking in her apartment about the stuff she bought. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we see her with freedom until she has to clearly rejoin the Psychor. Yeah. And she's gone through a lot and she's still figuring herself out. But 
I'm hoping that she'll get some positive things in season five. Not Mm -hmm. super uh, optimistic about that, as the last episode set up that there's a telepath war. Um, she gets some scenes in season five. (laughs) She does some things. (laughs) She does some things. Yeah, but she goes from, from being on this leash to, you know, helping make big decisions and taking the frozen telepaths places and working with Marge Resistance. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much autonomy she has yet, but she's trying to stretch her, her wings she's a little there, bit. She's getting there, yeah. Yeah. I like to see it. Yeah. What about you, Jafar? I want to hear the best one-off character for you. I really enjoyed J. Patrick McCormick's General Left Court from okay. Endgame. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, just like a little fun, like, oh, they pulled me out of retirement for one last rodeo because my star pupil is mutinying (laughs) Um, across the galaxy. (laughs) I have to feel like he gets like two thirds of what he needs and is just told to go with it. And Mm -hmm. he, he doesn't really get a chance to do much, um, except save the day for no reason at the end. Um, (laughs) but he's just like, a. Like hearing him talk about stuff and tactics is not something that we get a lot of in this show. Most of the time mm-hmm. it's all like, oh, well, this thing or I know I'd do this or why are they doing this thing? And not a like actual like reasoning behind tactics, which is one of the mm-hmm. things that makes uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn such an interesting and fun character. If you read Star Wars novels. Yeah, I've read a few of those with Thrawn. Yeah. And. Uh, Lovecourt is no Thrawn by any stretch of the imagination. Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's as close as we get in this show. Yeah, and I believe we said when we were reviewing Endgame that we wished this character had maybe had a couple episodes. Yes. Instead of one. That would have been cool. I think I think it would have been nice if he'd been a little bit more recurring instead of one-off. Mm-hmm. All right, Laura. Who's the one best guest actor from this season i think that for me the performance i found the most fun was our like dime store amadeus mr cartagia himself yeah (laughs) how fun is that especially if you're an actor to like go and do this unhinged dictator performance (laughs) in this fabulous outfit right you know this white shiny golden thing (laughs) and just be as crazy as you can be yeah and then like go into like corporate law or whatever he did (laughs) the thing yep i hope he's out there channeling his cartagia sometimes in the courtroom (laughs) or mediation room or whatever he's doing yeah you know (laughs) (laughs) i want that for him okay Jafar, yes. I want to know, what was the moment that you most wish Sinclair was here? Uh, anytime adults needed to have a conversation instead of scheming behind each other's backs. <laughs> uh, real talk, though. Uh, when Garibaldi first gets back, I think having Sinclair and of Sheridan, even if the arc was exactly the same up until that point with like going to Zaha mm-hmm. doom and dying and coming back and stuff. I feel like the conversation that Sinclair and Garibaldi have is so different than the one that he and Sheridan have that Agree. 
that entire arc doesn't happen. I don't think Garibaldi puts in his notice. Um, I think he sticks around a lot more. Um, it might end up being worse for the, the crew because mm-hmm. Garibaldi going off and finding the other telepath plot kind of saves them in a handful of ways. Cause Bester could have turned on the double agent there and assassinated Sinclair or Sheridan when it was convenient or, you know, mm-hmm. like there's by removing him, he becomes less of a threat to our main characters. So mm-hmm. I have to wonder how that would have played out. But I think Sinclair is the compassionate one who goes, let's talk about why you feel this way and not get out of my office. Where's your, I'm going to go send Zach for your badge and your gun. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, even if uh, his natural paranoia or whatever it was that uh, Bester said that he enhanced in him, mm-hmm. like made him combative with Sinclair. Uh, it cuts deeper, doesn't it? Yeah. All right. Well, that's the moment we wish Sinclair was here for. But the other side of that is what's the best stepdad moment of this season? And the stepdad moment is, you know, because Sinclair was kind of our dad mm-hmm. of season one. And then we get Sheridan. He's the stepdad. Yeah. So it's uh, Sheridan's best stepdad moment. And I think you could say that uh, the moment that he steps up between the two quarreling parents of the the races, mm-hmm. the Vorlons in the shadows, and uh, tells them, your time is over. Now's the time for us to do our own thing. Yeah. This family here, the Interstellar Alliance, <laughs> almost Interstellar Alliance, whatever. Yeah. You know. You need to get the hell out of our galaxy. <laughs> I think that's a great moment for stepdad. Yeah. I think he has some not so great step stepdad moments later in the series. <laughs> <laughs> later in the season when he's, you know, using telepaths to blow things up. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then okay. we got one last one. Okay. Uh, for both of us. And that's uh, who's your favorite character of the season? Again, it's one of those things, it's, it would be easy to go with like a Sheridan or a Delenn. Yeah. But I think I'm going to give a little love here to my man, Marcus. All right. I think he's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, he bows out at the end of this season. Yeah. He makes the ultimate sacrifice for Ivanova because he loves her. And, you know, I'm just, I'm going to miss those quips. I'm going to miss those jokes. I'm going to miss the British accent. <laughs> for me. <laughs> what about you? It's Delenn. This is really Delenn's okay. season, I think, in a, yeah. in a lot of ways. I know that so much of it is dedicated to the Earth Civil War, which mm-hmm. she has to sit out effectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so much of everything building to this moment, like without Delenn, I don't know that a single episode in this season happens for one reason mm. or another. Yeah. So it's just... So much of the story, like, you know, we talk about the one who was, the one who is, and the one who will be. This is the season where she is the one who is, 100%. For sure. For sure. Even when we get into the Earth conflict. Yeah. And, you know, she does sit part of it out. And We get into yeah, she's Rising Star. Getting the Interstellar Alliance set up in the background mm-hmm. so that she can hand it off to the one who will be. She gets to, like build it up and gets a great speech Mm -hmm. introducing that that interstellar alliance so yeah i think that's a great choice 
All right. Well, that's season four in the books. Mm-hmm. Before we go to season five, though, we're taking a little detour. Yeah. Tell me about the detour. We're going to watch the uh, first couple of Babylon 5 movies, starting with In the Beginning. And I got a little synopsis for us. Ooh. The Earth military encounters an alien race called the Mimbari. Oh, no. Through a series of accidents and misunderstandings, a war breaks out that nearly results in the death of every human on Earth. The sword that struck the adder. Mm-hmm. The war and its aftermath provide the background for the series Babylon 5. Well, I don't really remember in the beginning. I remember that it's about the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I am too. So we'll do that next week. But before we get there, we've got to say thank you to Jeremy Siegel for our lovely theme music. Thank you, Jeremy. You can find more of Jeremy's work at jeremysegal42.bandcamp.com and on your streaming services as Nuclear Jaguar. And thank you to Angry Duck Time Machine on Instagram for our podcast artwork. Thank you, Aaron, for editing our podcast and all the extra work you had to put into this one because of all those pauses. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to you, the listener, for being here with us through four seasons and 100 episodes. Damn. Yeah. I appreciate it. Great. I can't believe anybody it. hung in with me for a hundred episodes hey oh. don't be down <laughs> on yourself oh i'm just kidding i'm just kidding it's good radio i hope <laughs> if it's not it's getting cut <laughs> if it's not it's not because of you uh so yeah uh we'll see you next week internet <laughs>